Drive to the pass. Hold it. Defense. Number 33. Five-yard penalty. Automatic. First down. Greetings and welcome to the Roger Goodgrove's Officiating Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Sukdeep Puni, and we have the main man, Roger, with us. How are you doing, Roger? Yeah, good. Uh, football's good, but in personal life, I'm trying to exchange on my house, and it's a frustrating process. So uh, I have every sympathy for anybody else who's going through similar at the moment. I know. I, I remember speaking to you last week, and we, we were expecting it to all sort of uh, go through by now. So I think the listeners now are... <laughs> Having to sort of, you, you know, listen in week on week just to get an update on that. But hopefully, fingers crossed, in next week's podcast, we'll have some better news. But... <laughs> hopefully. And then we've got all the, the the other issues. Once I move in, making sure I've got connection and all those sort of issues. So uh, I may be reporter in the field next week, <laughs> literally. Oh, <yeah. laughs> well, let's see what happens. But an interesting an interesting week uh, this week. Um, not too many sort of controversies, in my opinion, but there's definitely talking points in terms of, I mean, we'll go through it, obviously, one by one, um, you know, but what, what were your thoughts of this week in terms of sort of the officiating? Well, officiating aside, I thought it was a brilliant week of football. The, the, the first oh, games on Sunday had such amazing finishes. You know, three teams coming back from um, from down to, to score to, to win the game and things. So a great, mm. great weekend of football, really. Uh, yeah. Even even the, the what was casually saying boring games or what looked like boring games had some interesting things in them. Um, so, yeah, so it was a great week of football. Oh, definitely. Especially, like you say, the the five pm kickoffs were absolutely amazing. And fortunately enough, the books had the eight pm game, so uh, I, I I got to watch Red Zone <laughs> and really enjoy it. There's nothing worse than having your team play at the same time when there's action going on in in other games. So you know, I absolutely enjoyed it this week. And then obviously the Seahawks Cardinals game as well. Yeah. Which was um, great late game Sunday night football great yeah. late game as well mm-hmm. yeah which got changed didn't it so yes yeah and COVID strikes mm. again yes it does but you know let's uh, let's hope for a clean week this week <laughs> in terms of sort of COVID um, it's looking okay so far fingers crossed touch wood yeah yeah exactly but um, we're going to talk about the the first game is the Falcons and the Lions so apologies to one of our listeners Paul who's an avid uh, Falcons fan but unfortunately we do have to talk about this incident so um, it's one minute 10 to go in the game Falcons are down for by uh, 14 to 16 Uh, it's first and goal for the Falcons so literally with a minute and 10 they've got plenty of time to sort of use their downs and waste the clock Todd Gurley uh, goes in for the run and has a moment of hesitation on the one-yard line, drops to the floor, and the Lions players signal the touchdown. And that's the Um, interesting first thing, isn't it? The Lions players (laughs) are signaling for the touchdown. You don't see that, you know. (laughs) The opposition wanting the score. Exactly. And it's funny because um, my son had Todd Gurley in his fantasy team and he's celebrating. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my word, what has he done? And and, and to be honest, it, it's difficult to explain to someone, yeah. especially at that young age, that 
why scoring is a bad yeah. thing. And I was like, they've got time on the clock. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. Um, they didn't want to give Detroit the opportunity to come back. And the best way of ensuring yeah. that when they were down by two points is kick a field goal. They go up by one, time runs out, no time for Detroit to come back into the game. Perfect. When you've got yeah. the ball on offense and are driving down the field, you can choose how much time is left. The other team hadn't exactly. got any timeouts. They couldn't stop the clock. So basically it was in the Falcons' hands. Everything they needed to do was just basically get in the right position. They would you know, do a running play, get on the, the right hash. And I don't mean by that the, the correct hash for the preference for the kicker. And um, so they would run a play, get on the right hash, call their timeout with a few seconds remaining in the game, kick the field goal from a short distance, should be automatic or as close to we can get these days. Mm. Game over, no yeah. time, walk off the field, perfect. Mm. Unfortunately, from think- an officiating point of view, obviously there's nothing yeah. controversial about what happened. No. But it is an important stage of the game. The last um, two minutes of, of any game, but it's particularly a game that's close, um, you need to make sure that you're on your A game and not just cruising to what you think is going to happen. So, you know, everybody thought, you know, Gurley will run, he will go to the knee as, as close to the goal line, consume the time up, and nothing will happen. And obviously it didn't go to plan, but you can't assume that you know what's going to happen on any down, even when the quarterback's, no. you know, he's going to spike the ball to stop the clock. He may not. So you can't just relax and go, okay, this is what's going to happen. You have to be exactly conscious that any play can happen completely different to what you might expect it to happen. And this is a great one because, you know, he, he's yeah. close to the goal line, but is he in or isn't he in? And, and obviously they've got to do it as if, it was actually a scoring opportunity they wanted to score, not just go, oh, well, he didn't mean to score, therefore we won't consider it. But, you know, quite rightly, yeah. they said, yep, yeah, ball crossed the goal line and therefore a touchdown. As a result of that, then Detroit can have time on the clock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no timeouts remaining and then this is what happens next. Exactly. And even at that point, I mean, yeah, I think Gurley has been used as the scapegoat, but then you've got to think who's communicating this to the offense to say, this is what we need to do. You know, it's Matt Ryan's responsibility. It's, you know, the co- Raheem Morris, the, you know, the head co- interim head coach, they have a responsibility as well to let, just to remind the players. I know it's obvious, but even when I was watching the game, sometimes you just get caught yeah, in the moment, do. don't you? And um, it wasn't really until... I saw Gurley sort of stumble and I thought, oh, the clock. Uh, even I even I yeah. just didn't realise it. So you, you can imagine while you're in the heat of battle, you, you know, that, that can happen. So that needed to be communicated from all fronts. So I, I, feel, I do feel sorry yes. for him. He's the only one I feel sorry <laughs> for because, um, because I think a lot of things could have been done to sort of prevent that, you know, beforehand. But there you go. Yeah. But, like you said, there's still time on the clock. I mean, there's time on the clock for the Lions, but very short. Yeah, time. very short. So, um, so they're second and 20. Uh, Matthew Stafford um, throws a deep ball to Kenny Golladay, which I believe gets to the four-yard line. Uh, um, yeah, I think it might, might have been the eight, but something similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah and there's 18 seconds to go when, when, obviously, that play happens. The Lions then have to run across and quickly spike the ball uh, so they're very you know you can imagine you've got to run from the yep. 40 yard line all the way down to uh you, you know wherever they were in field position um they managed to spike the ball with three seconds to go 
But at the same time, whilst the spike happens, a flag is thrown um, and that caused quite a yep. lot of confusion for a number of people. So, Roger, would you like to tell us exactly why that flag okay. was thrown? At so let's just fight? step backwards and, and look at the, the process for replay, because this is what's critical to this play. So we have a long throw that basically sets up Detroit to be in a very good position to score a touchdown to win the game. Um, now, there was question mark about whether the player caught it or not. Now, obviously, from a defensive point of view, you want to make sure he did. And if he didn't, you send them back to the 40-yard line a long way away and therefore, you know, they've got less chance. But equally, you don't want to give either team an advantage or a disadvantage by stopping the game to review it unless you absolutely need to. So the process for review looks at the field. There are two people in the booth that are managing this. There's a, there's a field communicator who's watching what's happening on the, the, the field, and they're talking to the replay official who will be looking at that play to see if they've got an angle that confirms or gives indication that there may be doubt about that pass. The communicator mm -hmm. will be telling the replay official what's happening. Right, so they're, they're rushing to the line. Now, they don't want to stop the clock if Detroit wouldn't have got the snap-off, because otherwise you give them an advantage. Yeah. If you stop the clock with one second to go, say, and Detroit wouldn't have got in position yeah. to be able to snap the ball and spike it, you've suddenly given right. Detroit an opportunity. So they have to leave yeah. it as long as possible to make sure that Detroit are in formation, they are in a position to snap the ball and snap it before the, the clock runs out. Then they signal yeah. down to the referees that, yeah, we want to look at that previous play because there is some question mark about whether it was caught or not. Yeah. And we need to review it. We can't just let it go because it is a critical play, but you can't yeah. stop it too soon. So that's the first part. Yeah. So that, that's the timing issue. Now, obviously, because of this timing issue, you then have other things that come into play. So as you mentioned, Detroit are rushing to the line. They're trying to get back into position. Um, the Falcons are rushing back to try and get back into defensive position. And one of the Falcons players knocks over one of the Detroit players who is set and ready for the snap, one of the running backs. Yeah, That is what the flag is. Um, basically, that it's sort of a, a delay of game tactic, basically. And that's what that flag is. Yeah. However, because the snap never actually happened because it was stopped prior to that, even though there was it's obviously yeah. some slight question mark about the timing of that. The, the, the signal down to the officials to stop is coming in at the same time as this is happening. But so that, that, that flag really never happened because the game was stopped. And while some yeah, flags will be carried over, um, there are some five, 10 yard flowers that are just the play never happened type thing. And therefore, that's one of those. It yeah. never happened. So you can understand why the flag was ruled off. Um, and yeah. the other thing that comes into play here is uh, uh, actually a mistake by the officials. So the, the, the handling of the timing of the replay review and everybody getting to the line, et cetera, was handled perfectly. Nothing wrong with that at all. However, so what we had was if if I, I'm thinking here exactly, but I'm fairly certain that the, the pass went to something like the eight-yard line. Matthew Snafford mm -hmm. um, spiked the ball, what was expected to be spiking the ball, 
But that spike obviously never happened because the replay stopped that play happening. So that play never happened at all. However, after the review and the confirmation that it was a good catch, instead of placing the ball at the eight-yard line, which is where he caught the pass, they placed the ball at the 11-yard line, which is actually where Stafford spiked the ball. So they, they're, wow. they're lining up to where that play happened, even though that play, of course, never happened, and we went back. And if and you asked uh, in, in chat about this and said, you know, could they, if they'd got that snap off, go back and review the previous play? And the, the answer is no. And so this is why timing is critical. You, you can't leave it too late. Um, but there is a slight delay that happens between the signal coming down from the box and obviously the referees running in to stop a snap or whatever. But if that signal's already come in before the snap, the signal takes precedence no matter what happens next, as long as that is coming in prior to the snap. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so um, the, the official spotted the ball at the 11-yard line, um, which it should have been the 8-yard line. As it happened, it didn't matter because Stafford okay. took it in from there and... Uh, uh, um, no, to get the touchdown, but those three yards could have worked in the uh, fel- you never know. Yeah, I mean, worked in the well, it, either way. You, 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 exactly. I mean, there there is an argument that having more room to run a pass when you're not right up against the goal line gives you a little bit more room to you know, run some routes. Um, so, I, so I that agree. potentially could have played yeah. into the the Detroit. Um, interest but you know three yards not too much difference but it is a mistake and it should have been handled better and replay whilst they did the timing correct and did the review correct part of the replay process is to go back and do game administration and part of that administration to say where should the ball have been placed at the end of the pass and what should the time on the clock be now talking of clock you also asked me was there a potential because the commentators talked about it for a 10 second runoff yeah, that was Ryan. Uh, oh, yes, it was, it was Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, sorry, getting confused. But question, the commentators, yeah, yeah. Got, got commentators had mentioned it about a possible 10-second runoff. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. So replay sure. can, if they change a play from being a stopped clock, so in other words, let's say, for example, it was ruled incomplete, right? that would stop the clock because the ball hit the ground and instead changed the play to be a successful catch. And if it was a successful catch, the clock wouldn't have stopped. And therefore, the clock would continue to run while the officials got the ball in play for the next play. And that is why a 10-second runoff is used. 10 seconds is being the average sort of time that it takes for a team to get into position, get lined up ready, and snap the ball. And that's why 10-second runoff. So if they'd have changed it from a stopped clock to a running clock, then you have a 10-second runoff opportunity potential, which the other team, or one of the two teams, can choose to stop by taking a timeout. But obviously, Detroit had no timeouts, and if it had have no been a stop clock yeah. to a running clock, there would have been 10-second runoff, and by then, um, I think there was no time left on the clock, it would have run out. Yeah, but game's over. they didn't yeah. because it didn't change it from a stop to a running clock. And therefore, there was no second run-up opportunity. Um, so that was handled correctly. Um, but yeah, replay should have got yeah. involved with the spot um, and got that correct. Unfortunately, they didn't. And the, the officials on the field should also have noticed that that, that was not, um, that play never happened and yeah. therefore go back to where the previous play was. So there are a couple of things in that sort yeah. of frenetic activity that happens when time is running out it's very easy to criticize in hindsight um when you're looking at it on replay oh, and you're looking at you know, a few days later and say yeah they should have done that shouldn't they but you know it's, it, it, 
it's a lot yeah. easier said than done, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Because whilst you're in the heat of the game, you, none of us are thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, you might have been, Roger. Obviously, you know, look at it from an officiating standpoint. But whilst the game is going going on, I think even the officials are caught in, oh my God, what's going on here? You know, and there's that sort of panic sets in, doesn't it? Because you're like, wow, we're going to have to be part of something really <laughs> controversial and they don't want to... I mean, they don't want to be any no, part of the they, news, they, they know, don't want to be the deciding than, factor in the game. The they want the, the teams on the no, field to no. actually uh, obviously decide what happens. Uh, there was one other aspect I wanted to exactly. talk about this play before we move on. So once review sure. has completed and we've got the successful catch, we then go on to the next play. And obviously time is still very much a factor. Um, and because replay stopped the clock just for the review, the clock will restart um, again, but it doesn't restart on the snap. It restarts on what's called the referee signal. And so you'll see the referee wind yeah. with a sort of windmill arm to wind the clock. And yeah, you see right, yeah. the referee goes over to Dalton, sorry, not Dalton, uh, Stafford. And he, Stafford. he, he makes yeah. it very clear to him what's going to happen next. So as soon as the referee declares the ball ready, the clock will start ticking down. And if they don't get the snap off before the, the clock expires, there is no next play. So he made it very clear to, Staff exactly. uh, to Stafford what will happen when the clock will start to run. So he's aware that he needs to get his team up to the line ready before the referee releases uh, the, the play to be snapped. Snap it immediately. Mm. Clock did expire on the play, but he managed to get the touchdown in before the end of the, the end of yeah. that play, so um, a very well handled overall, yeah, no, exactly. but with a couple of um, minor um, could have done betters. But uh, overall, in the circumstances, yeah. frenetic, very difficult to manage. Yeah, but credit to Matthew Stafford. I mean, like you say, you've only got that small window. I, I mean, I'm sure there was obviously whilst all this was going on, he's talking to his team and understanding what potentially could or could not happen. Um, so I'm sure they were ready for it, but even then, yeah, absolutely, sort of yeah, it is a pressure situation. You've got multiple players coming in. Well, if we don't have this one, then this is what we're going to do, and if we do, this is where we're going to go. There will be different plays in his mind. Mm. Uh, should be different plays in his mind anyway. Sent in by the uh, offensive coordinator yeah. to to consider. Exactly. Wow, we've uh, we've almost. Uh, no, it was such a great, game. great <laughs> ending, really. So, yeah. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah, but they're having that um, sort of year, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That sort of life, forget about, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those, isn't it? Um, but we'll, we'll move on and obviously the, the next game. Now, this is, um, th this is not something that I'd like to see, to be honest, in, in the game. So the Dallas Cowboys against the Washington football team. Uh, the Washington football team are... They're way ahead in this game. And Andy Dalton, you know, struggling on offence in the third quarter. Um he he's running with the ball and goes to the ground looking to do a quarterback slide and gets hit by Bostick. Um, I mean, I'm sure those of you have seen the replays or the action. It's It was a really bad hit, in my opinion. Not Andy Dalton out of the literally game. Literally knocked him out. But, yeah. And, yeah, literally knocked him out. So, uh, I mean, Roger, I mean, I think this one's straightforward, but... You know, I think it's important to still talk about it, especially with, you know, all the talk of CT, et cetera, with, you know, stuff, stuff like this, you know, has been, the rules are in place, you know, to put a stop to things like this. And 
you know, it's, yeah, it's just it very and I don't think anybody it? would disagree with the flag. And I think that it, even Washington fans and, and the, the Washington coach apologised, you know, for, for the hit. It shouldn't have happened. Um, but it did. So let's look at what can and can't happen. So what we had is a run. Um, so whilst it's a quarterback, it's still a runner. However, he gave himself up by going to the ground backwards. So basically putting a knee down and, and hitting the deck. And if he does that late, the defense can hit him. So it's not that they can't hit him. It is they can't hit him in the head and neck yeah. area. And that's the protection that you, they actually get by giving themselves up. Now, if they get themselves up early, they can't be hit at all. And that's just an unnecessary roughness flag if they hit them in the, in the body late. Um, but in this yeah. example, it's clearly head and neck area late as well. Um, the the defender had a couple of yards to make the decision. He, he wasn't even looking. He wasn't even thinking about whether or not he was pulling up or going right. over the top of him. He decided he was actually going to go in at him, looked away and uh, lowers his shoulder in. So, uh, yeah. Clear cut, I'm afraid, and um, yeah. obviously he missed some yeah. of the you know, uh, missed some of the game as he was ejected from the game for that hit. Um, but there, I don't think he'll miss yeah. any more. But there is call because of the type of hit and the fact that Dalton's going to be out for a while that he should also um, be sitting out and not be back in next week. But uh, that's that's for the disciplinary committee, yeah. not for the officials. They don't they don't decide those. There is a specific team of people that mm. actually uh, will rule on discipline and uh, suspensions and things like that, fines. There will be no doubt a big fine coming, regardless exactly. of whether he does go back in. Yeah. Uh, let's hope so, because there's certainly yeah. no need for that in the game, you know. Um, the next incident we're going to talk about is the uh, Steelers and Titans game. So this is in the second quarter. The Steelers are 24-7 up. Um, Titans... Um, Sort of have three and out. It's fourth and three. Uh, so they're going to look to punt it um, as the ball is, you know, in their sort of um, own half. Um, Brett Kern, who's, you know, one of the sort of best, better punters in the league out there. Um, ball gets snapped to him. He goes to punt the ball. Um, unfortunately, um, it's dropped. The ball's dropped. And then he only has a quick few seconds. Well, not even seconds. Just quick reaction to, you know, decide what he's going to do. So, Rather than sort of uh, punt it, he has to then throw the ball um, on, on the yeah. play, and then a flag is thrown. So the, the, um, well, the important thing here is throw this one in, not because it's a particularly um, controversial type play, but just it's just something we haven't talked about before. Um, so you know, yeah. typically with punts, it's it's very much the special teams come on and they know exactly what's going to happen. The punter's going to get the ball deep. A couple of seconds later, he's going to kick it as high as possible, as far as possible up the field and give his team a good chance to get downfield to defend the kick and, and obviously slow it down or stop the run as soon as possible. So this is all to do with timing. Yeah. Um, now, when you have a snap that, that goes awry, then um, it, it's called a fire drill. Um, and... and what should be somebody should be shouting fire fire you know because this is all broken down um yeah. but because the the team are confused the punter goes oh, oh what am i going to do now so going through his mind will be can i kick it still 
And obviously you've got uh, oncoming defenders trying to bear down on him. And he's like, oh, no, what, not going to be able to get this kickoff. Mm. So he decides to throw it. Now, a throw isn't illegal in that circumstances. Um, there are eligible receivers on a punt play in the same way that there are eligible receivers on a, a normal down. There are some different rules that come into play, though. Um, because the defensive team are expecting a punt, some of the normal um, uh, pass interference rules don't apply. And there was a famous play a, a few years ago. Uh, um, with I think also the Steelers actually um, were on it, and I'll have to dig it out to actually show you it later. Um, where right. there was a what would be pass interference called, but it wasn't on that particular play because it was a punt. Uh, and the reason for this is the the gunners are looking to try and um, get downfield as soon as possible, and the defenders are trying to stop them. And it, the normal receivers downfield would be obviously not hindered on a normal pass play, but on a punt play, they're allowed to start blocking those runners uh, and slow them down. And so yeah. there's slightly different rules that come into play, but it's still just like a general play. There are certain players who are eligible. Those are the people who are on the end of the line or in the backfield. However, interior linemen, in yeah. the same way you'd have on a normal um, pass play, have to stay further back and they're allowed to go one yard downfield blocking, but they're not allowed to go down further. But because of the bobble, what we had was that the timing was put out. So they're going to be waiting a second to have the kick go off and then start their motion downfield. And that's what they did. And uh, they didn't obviously realize that there was anything wrong with the, the snap and there wasn't going to be a kick and they'd all advanced downfield. And therefore you had the ineligible player downfield uh, the interior linemen basically were all called out on it. Um, I think I think the referees yeah. announced something like number forty-eight and a few others or something like that. <laughs> he was the easy, yeah. he was the easy one to spot. He's the main call because he had, the, he had an odd yeah. number, and, and that's an interesting point yeah. in itself. Is that normally a forty-eight number would be an eligible receiver because they're normally either in the backfield or on the end of a line. But on punt plays, you can have different line formations with interior linemen being different numbers. So, uh, uh, and this play, and the referee yeah. quite rightly spotted that 48 was an ineligible receiver mm. and downfield further than they should be. So, uh, that rightly pulled it back. Mm. But it was just yeah. not an unusual one because obviously it, it was a pass play out of the punt formation. Yeah. Yeah. Just out of interest, if, um, if Brett Kern. Obviously, at that moment, decides to sort of yep. run it to try and get the free yards. What would happen in that sort of incident? No, would, it, would because the there was no pass. Have... If he runs it, there's no. Um, yeah. If we look at, uh, obviously, the offense know what they're going to intend to do on a play, so they know whether they're going to run or whether they're going to pass, yeah. and the defense don't. And these are the why we have some of the rules in play to stop people going downfield. Because on a run play, you'd expect the linemen to be pushing forward as far as possible, making holes, pushing the defenders away, giving them some space. Mm -hmm. If they do that on a passing play, the defensive team think it's a run because that's what they do on a run play. And therefore, they know if the, the uh, yeah. linemen block out two yards down, it's not going to be a pass. That's their advantage on this um, or evening up of the advantages because the offense know what they're going to do. The defense are reading what happens on the line and say, right, so, they're pushing out. It must be a run play. And they come up, the let's say linebackers would come up to defend the run. Obviously those linebackers should be going back to defend the pass. And that's what's the disadvantage created. And that's why that flag's there. 
Yeah, no, fantastic um, explanation there, Roger. Um, now, the next one uh, we're going to talk about is a very exciting game uh, between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, um, wasn't I'll be honest when when this pop when this video popped up and I, I was a bit I had a bit of a question mark as to why it was being called, but apparently we've had a few people sort of comment on why this was a touchdown. So, so Kyler Murray uh, touchdown throw to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so yeah, uh, Roger, if you'd like to yeah. So so what, that what one, we have uh, for the, for is listeners. um a receiver getting the ball with a catch fairly close to the end zone. However, he does catch it and gets two feet down and a third, and therefore the the pass is complete. However, he doesn't then run into the end zone because he's very near to the sideline. He actually hits first the pylon with his foot, and he doesn't ever step into the end zone at all. Now, at the time that his pylon hits the foot, the ball is in his left hand over the left sideline, and the ball itself never gets into the end zone. And this is where the query comes from a a few Seahawks fans, I suspect, which is um, why was that a touchdown? Because he never got the ball into the end zone, the player never got into the end zone, etc. So we have a, a particular scenario where we have the pylon in play, and we have a, a principal goal called goal line extended. Now, basically, you normally have to get the ball over the normal goal line between the pylons. However, there are exceptions to that. And the two exceptions yeah. are if I get a foot down in the end zone or if I hit the pylon, I then get goal line extended. So basically, imagine the goal line, and instead of just going from pylon to pylon, it goes as far outside the field as it needs to, all the way around the world if necessary. Not that many players got that long arms. Mr. Tickle yeah. playing or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, um, so yeah. yes, the player can have the ball outside the sideline and still count as a touchdown because he got goal line extended because he actually hit the pylon. That's why it was a touchdown. So people right. are saying, well, he never got into the end zone. You know, they're, they're against my team, which is the usual thing. Why did they give him that? But it was legitimate. Um, <laughs> he did get the right rule application. It was a touchdown. There you have it. I, I thought it was straightforward, to be honest. But like you said, sometimes, um, you know, if that happened <laughs> to the books, maybe I'd have a different opinion. I like to think, I, li- I like to think I'm not biased. I mean, I, I know I mentioned um, one uh, play. I mean, we're not. We're not going into it because I don't think you've seen the footage, but uh, I remember speaking to you about it on the chat where um, Derek Carr uh, is lined up and it on the initial calling on the play, he, he's he got the, his arm in the end. It looks like he's going to sort of throw it. Um, the actual uh, ball is batted down and then it, it's called a fumble and it was returned by Mike Edwards' uh, you know, for a touchdown. And when I first saw that, I mean, I believe everyone in our books group was like, no, that's an incomplete pass. We were, no, to be fair, we were all, that's an incomplete pass. So I like to think some people can be honest. It's very so. difficult when you have a team affiliation because <laughs> you, know, you so want your team to do well that you're looking for any angle that might give your team yeah. back the ball or keep the ball, whichever. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember the play. Yeah. I may have seen it. It didn't. It didn't ring any bells, but it yeah. is quite possible yeah. that uh, the ball was knocked out prior yeah. to the, the the arm going forward, and that was the reason it was called a fumble or the other way around. That, that's the determination. 
Yeah, yeah. It was overturned, um, which was the right decision at the end of the day. We can't we can't argue with that. So what, what do you mean yeah, you can't just, argue? Just what, what are fans things, supposed but, to do um, with the officiating if they can't argue about it? <laughs> well, sometimes you can, but only when things are obviously wrong. I think sometimes you know when things are obvious, you've got to yeah, you've got to just bite the bullet and be like, yeah, you know, it's not meant to be, isn't it? But um, yeah, I think in terms of the this week's that that is it but we've got a new section which we won't have every week because sometimes you know it's not necessary but we're going to call this upon further review so what we're going to do is discuss a previous um incident that we've discussed on the podcast and roger will give some further insight as to what's happened so i know you and i disagreed on this one um on the the Colts uh, Bengals game, so it was the touchdown yep. pass to Jack Doyle, um, which was given as a touchdown, which had a, a massive you know implications for the Bengals in terms of you know uh, w- winning and losing. Um, so well, what, as you say, you, we disagreed on it, and out, um, so I thought I'd take another look at the play. And uh, so a couple of years ago, the NFL changed what was considered to be a pass, um, and this followed incident like the dead. There's Brian catch and did he catch it? Did he score, etc. And yeah. um, so they decided uh, after reviewing it with a number of players um, and owners, etc., coaches, what a catch should be. And they defined that a catch needs to be two feet with control and a football move. And that football move can be anything to be a, a third foot, or it can be turning up field, or it can be reaching for the goal line. Those sort of things are considered football moves and once one of those has happened, it's a completed catch. So re-looking at the Doyle play, this one happens in the end zone. He is going to the ground as he catches the pass. So therefore, I was looking at it and saying, okay, well, he's he's got to therefore survive the ground. There hasn't been a football move. He's got to survive that contact with the ground. And he didn't. The ball came loose. And I couldn't understand why replay had left the call as a touchdown, which is what it was called on the play. And you thought it should be a touchdown, and I disagreed. So I thought, well, I'll take another look at it. Yeah. I'm always open to uh, another view. So I can see why it might have been called the way it was called. So as Doyle catches it, he takes two steps. And as he's catching that ball, he transfers the ball from one hand and then to the other and tucks it into his body. And I think... That is what is being considered yeah. as the football move and that play. And therefore, although he is going to the ground, right. he's then not needing to survive the ground because he's already completed the football move prior to hitting the ground. And that's what I think is being yeah. ruled on that play and why it wasn't overturned in replay, even though the ball did uh, pop out as he was landing. So I think on, upon further review, I will go yeah. with your call. Fantastic. Um, but like you said, it's it's so <laughs> difficult <laughs> with these replays to, to see. You know, you have you have to look at it at so many different angles and sometimes, you know, you can look at it for days on end and still be right or wrong. It is, you know, it is indeed. Just one of those things, isn't it? Um but but there you go. Um no, it's been it's been a great podcast to be honest. Um a lot of you, you know, we'll see what the next week brings. Week eight, yeah, I know already. Now we week eight or yeah, week eight. It's crazy. Halfway through, almost uh, after this week. So let's see uh, what happens. I mean, we've got 
Falcons and Panthers Thursday night. So I'm <laughs> well, sure it's the Falcons that has to be. That game, uh, no doubt involving the Falcons. Exactly. So we probably have some early footage there. But once again, um, for those of you who listen to the podcast, when, when it comes to th- these actual links, we are going to put them on the yep. uh, description now. So you can actually view these incidents as well. So um, we did that last week. So we'll certainly be doing that every week now. So be sure to do that. And yeah, um, c- continue listening to the podcast. Um, also to let everyone know, um, we have actually just... Um, got a new email address now so if any of you guys want to email us with any questions or anything um obviously you've got roger who you can email directly but uh just in case we've also got the fourth and inches uk so that's fourth and inches uk at gmail.com i've literally just opened that up this morning roger so um feel free to use that email address as well um you you know if anyone wants to contact us and then we've obviously got our own Facebook pages, we've got Twitter and um, et cetera as well. Um, any further plans, Roger? Shouting at solicitors in my future plan. <laughs> and then arranging removers and all those yeah, fun things that go there. with it. So uh, fingers crossed. Oh, bless you. Well, uh, fingers crossed for you, mate. Well, if those of you want to know what happens with the, uh, yeah, with the from the field next week, <laughs> From the field, exactly. Well, thank you very much for that, Roger. It's been it's been fantastic. Pleasure. Um, Talk to you soon. Absolutely enjoyed this one today. Bye bye.